And it's fun to watch, yeah, that's for sure Till little rocket man starts a nuclear war And then maybe next time he'll think Before he tweets um, Okay From the Country Music Awards last night Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood mocking the president tweeting Has a year gone by since they wrote their last funny little song? I guess. Really? I guess. Oy vey. Um, Seems like it happens every three weeks. One little rocket man launches a nuclear... Garth Brooks was the country music entertainer of the year? That's interesting. Chris Gaines screwed again. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? I didn't know, and I'm a Garth Brooks fan. Yeah. Um, Wow. So the president decided not to take questions in China. Is that a big deal? Maybe we'll hit on that. Got a uh, bad car wreck here where a BMW overturned, and the police show up, and there were five naked people inside it. <laughs> That's a story for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There's a story. Wow. Hey, if you got room for six, call me. That sounds we, uh, like a big night out. We got a breakdown on the uh, the genders? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll try to figure that out. Yeah, that matters, doesn't it? Yeah. Sure does. Please. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a, you know, Oscar Mayer party, if you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm busy that night. I had another good tease. Oh, I was looking up at the Today Show. That's the first aerial view I've seen of Rand Paul's neighborhood. Oh. Those homes are not very close together. That The middle one there is the the, the, the tackler's home, the guy who... The lunatic anesthesiologist. The lunatic. It's not like, you know, you live in the cul-de-sac like I used to where you, you go out to take out your trash and you're, you're six inches away from your neighbor Fred who's taking out his trash. Right. I mean, you're not, you know... It'd take a couple minutes to walk over to your neighbor's house and then break into a run and break the ribs. Yeah, or, or and I was just thinking in terms of lawn disputes. It's not like uh, his leaf blower's right outside your window. And, Sean, hey, you're a native Californian, yeah. right? What else is strange about that picture? I know. And I love it. I love it. Whenever I'm in areas where it's like that, I think, wow, this right. is so right. refreshing. They're not square lots. There are no fences. You, right, don't, right. you don't really yeah. know what the lots are shaped like because they don't have fences. There's no privacy fencing. That's yeah. the way most of America is. Yeah. What but, do they do with like dogs and stuff? They uh, they train them, huh. or they run into your yard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. Or a dis- they have invisible fencing. That's pretty popular. And it's oh, not right, right, a disaster. Right. People manage to work it out. No, well, that- yeah. If the dog's vicious, it's a disaster. Otherwise, you say, "Oh, come here, little buddy." And you pet him, and then he runs back. Like where my parents live, nobody has a fence, and you have such a, so much better view of the neighborhood and trees and everything like that without the fences. Well, if they don't mind my sunbathing nude, I, that's fine. <laughs> hey, you don't like it? Don't look. I've talked about this before, being a, a kid. Growing up in the Midwest, you'd look three three backyards over, and there'd be your buddy out helping his, his dad with the barbecue or something. You'd yell, Dave, hey, what's going on? And then you'd get together. It was just fun. And the dads, the dads would hail each other and say, what's going on, Jim? It was nice. I mean, there were occasional. I can think our our next door neighbor got this big, untrained, wild, young bull mastiff. And I was a little kid. And this thing would come charging into the yard. And it was as big as a horse to me. And it would terrify me. And my sister, too, for that matter. Yeah, that ain't cool. We would play wiffle ball games. But other than that, it was great. Wiffle ball games, stuff like that, that would stretch across multiple yards all the time. I'm a big fan. Wear out each other's lawns. I'm a big fan of things just in general that have people interacting with their community their other their neighbors their people like just eye to eye eye contact it's so big yeah it's it was a, impossible not to know your neighbors back in the day anyway uh, reminiscence what are you gonna do speaking of good times do you remember the election mm. <laughs> so the story came out that 
CNN, Donna Brazil had furnished, uh, or CNN had furnished Donna Brazil. Can I interrupt you? I got sure, it. Sure, go interrupt ahead. You. Yeah. So we have the opportunity to have Daryl Isis. Isa, not Isis. I'm sorry. That's not fair. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm well killing done. Anton. Anton's been pulling all his strings to try to get Daryl Isa on. I, I say that word, and that makes it more difficult. No, Daryl Isa, Republican congressman who's against the tax reform. Right. Is willing to come on in like, uh, I don't know, eight minutes. Do we want him or not? A quarter after? Yeah. yeah, let's talk to him. Okay. Sure, I've got all sorts of interesting stuff on the tax deal. Um, so, uh, Donna Brazil uh, got the uh, questions from CNN, gave them to Hillary. Uh, it's it's clearly what happened. When she was asked immediately afterward ha- what happened by uh, Megyn Kelly, here's the way it went. Ask you because oh, you do, were accused. You were accused of receiving a debate question before a CNN town hall where they partnered with TV One, and that that you had this question on on March twelfth, that verbatim verbatim was provided by Roland Martin to CNN the next day. How did you get that question, Donna? Well, Kelly, since I played straight up, and I'll play straight up with you, uh, I did not receive any questions from CNN. Let's just be Where'd very you get clear. It? Uh, where, where did you get uh, it? First of all, what information are you providing to me that, that will allow me to see what, what you're talking about? <laughs> About. Everybody you got is, the WikiLeaks released a March 12th Podesta email showing I you do. messaging the Clinton campaign with the exact wording of a question asked at the March 13th Kelly, CNN TV Kelly, One town hall debate. Kelly, Where did you get it? I, 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 you know, as a Christian woman, I understand persecution, but I will not sit here and be persecuted because your information is totally false. Okay, so she's a Christian woman. Again? She knows what persecution is, uh, etc. The Roman emperor whipped uh, Donna Brazil herself a, a thousand years ago. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. So then in an essay for Time magazine in March of this year, Brazil reversed course and admitted to having sent emails to the Clinton campaign related to the debate topics. Uh, blah, 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 uh, share a, possible town hall topics. Her di- story was different with Stephanopoulos on Sunday when I watched the interview. Oh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'd been working behind the scenes to add more town hall events, etc. I worked. Uh, oh, but sending those emails was a mistake I will forever regret. But in her new book, Brazil spends considerable time walking back the admission without fully denying that it had happened. Uh, she's now denying she shared the debate questions, even though she admitted it previously. Um, she says it seems like an election fable. Uh, her new book backs away from her earlier admission, leaves the issue in sort of a mushy middle. It neither admits nor directly denies sharing debate questions with the Clinton campaign, which at the time was a bone of contention, et cetera, et cetera. So what did she tell George? She said, yeah, I'm all for getting the questions out there. I think people should be prepared for these questions, ah. and which is not a bad uh, angle, but you should do it, you know, you should do it out front where everybody knows. Sure. But I, that, that's all right with me, too. I, I, I'm not, I've never quite understood the whole we'll surprise people with questions and see if they can answer them. How about you let them know the 10 questions of policy and then tell us about it? But I have anyway, no problem with that. Otherwise, it's a test of being glib and fast on your feet as opposed to having policies yeah. we'd like to vote for. But anyway, the reason it's interesting is that's not what she was saying before. So well, just <laughs> if you're following it, strenuous, indignant denial, admission, now re-denial, but with the caveat that it would have been an okay thing to do. Okay, super, super. Donna Brazil is a congenital liar, like all the people in her position are. Here's a little intellectual and honesty for you. And it was rigged. 
And it was, here's a little intellectual honesty for you, though. I consider her to be a congenital liar, but the stuff she said about the Clintons signing the form and taking over the DNC and the rest of it, I believe that because it serves my point of view. <laughs> I also I also just think it's true based on the facts. Nobody of any substance is denying yeah, that the denying Clintons it. bought the DNC by retiring its debt. That's the main reason to believe it, I right, suppose. Right, right. So, Daryl Issa... Congressman from uh, San Diego. Who is not happy with the Republican tax plan. We'll ask him why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I'm not... Well, we don't know what it's going to be completely yet, but we'll see what his opinion is. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. again in this country and it's just it's all it's so complicated and there are so many different factions and nobody ever wants to give uh anything away um even if in the end it would add up to be better people don't look at the whole package ever on on tax reform they just look at the individual things that are being argued and uh, so you can never change it between self-interest and bad information being misguided uh, Any time there's any attempt to reform the tax code, everybody panics and runs around like lunatics and says, we can't do this, we can't do this, this is bad. While we are getting absolutely beaten, robbed, and, and tortured by the current tax code. But God help you if you ever propose changing it. It's like if you throw out uh, the idea of which one is it, the consumption tax or whatever, and people say, well, a car would cost $90,000. Yeah, but you wouldn't pay any other tax. So right. what would the orbit? No, nobody yeah. can look at it that way. Yeah. Well, to discuss this and other aspects of the legislation, uh, please welcome Congressman Daryl Issa. He represents California's 49th con- Congressional District. Uh, he's been in that seat since 01 to talk about the GOP tax bill. Daryl, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Uh, it's, a, it's a great day here in Washington, if you consider flag at half-staff. Uh, a vote on the floor just ended. It's raining, and we're talking about raising taxes on California. Other than that, it's just peachy. Yeah. You know, it strikes us that the proposed tax plan is pretty milk toast. It's not much. Well, uh, there, there's, there's one way to view it, and I, I would not disagree with you, and that is it doesn't do nearly enough to really stimulate business. Uh, it's certainly uh, at $1.5 trillion. Essentially, the business reductions, which stimulate the economy to get that $1.5 trillion that uh, using these terms they use here that, uh, quote, is an offset, uh, all comes from lowering business tax, meaning if you lower business taxes, you get economic growth that pay so that businesses actually generate more taxes. The problem is you then start trying to give various tax deals to people, um, and you have to figure out how to pay for it. So for each dollar that somebody is told they're getting a tax reduction, somebody's getting a tax increase. And in many cases, the charts that are being shown to Californians and to congressmen, they're actually showing people getting tax reductions, 
but these are the very people that are getting tax increases. And that's one of the problems is, is that the charts are impossible. You cannot have everyone get a tax cut uh, based on this because just the business tax reductions eat up the entire $1.5 trillion of economic growth. So somebody's got to get a tax increase, and I'm going to propose that it's Californians uh, disproportionately. Huh. Are the uh, the business tax cuts even going to be what were were promised? I've uh, heard some uh, speculation that business. One of the reasons the stock market is so high is business uh, uh, was hoping or planning on a certain tax cut, and if that doesn't happen, this whole uh, uh, stock market run up could collapse pretty quickly. Well, you know, what the interesting thing is that uh, you first have to ask who is the stock market. The stock market's not your local cleaners. The stock market's not the guy that owns the gas station or even the McDonald's franchise. It's, it's large public companies. And so when you look at large pu- public con- companies, they are going to go from a 35% national tax down to a 20% tax, and they're going to get a special lower tax for repatriating money that they have stranded overseas or put overseas and not paid taxes on. So they're going to get a, a long-term tax reduction uh, from 35 to 20, which is close to half. And, uh, and they're also going to get a way to bring dollars back for those companies, which is a small portion even of the stock market, that have dollars overseas. So those two things are fantastic. They do change the perception of America being a good place to invest in in these large public companies. Oddly enough, when you get to that mom and pop next door to you, for the most part, those companies have no overseas, uh, you know, tucked away profits that they didn't pay taxes on, and they uh, uh, they're being taxed under this program at 25 uh, percent, uh, which is lower. But right off the bat, since they won't be able to deduct the 13.3 percent that these S corps pay uh, in to you know Uncle Jerry in in Sacramento. Um, they, uh, they're going to get a 5% increase effectively there. So they will actually go, instead of 25, they'll be closer to 30. Um, but it's a reduction, and uh, it's better than nothing. The question is, why is it they have to increase so many other people's taxes? Why is it they have to turn upside down the principle that if your state involuntarily takes away your, some of your earnings, that that means that it's not available to be taxed by the federal government, and yet this double tax is at the heart of the tax increase being proposed. Well, and we fiscal conservatives find it pretty sickening that uh, y'all can't find enough cuts in the gigantic bloated federal government that you don't have to hit anybody with a tax increase to come up with that however many trillion dollars over the next 10 years. That's just discouraging. Well, it's discouraging, but let's understand that the, uh, the amount they're scoring in economic growth, uh, $150 billion a year. So it's, it's a, a lot of money. It's uh, two hurricanes, maybe three. Um, every year we have something occur that would eat up about that amount over and above the budget. So one of the truisms is that the budget that says it's going to balance in 10 years and all these other promises, the first thing that happens is just happened. We just voted, understandably, for fire relief and flood relief and other relief related to hurricanes and, and wildfires. So one of the things that, that we know is that even the projection, which is not good because it does increase the national debt, 
is going to go higher. And you're right. Nothing in this tax bill cuts any spending. Daryl Issa is on the line, Congressman from California's 49th. And I think it's interesting that, that Trump's budget guru has been saying, and, and I think he's right. It hurts my heart that he's right, but he's saying, look, there's just no political will anytime in the near future to do something big on our spending, our entitlements. So we need to live in the real world politically and take a look at this. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, Joe Manchin of, of West Virginia talks about when he was a little boy and he asked his daddy what the difference was between a Democrat and a Republican. And his daddy said, the Democrats will take all your money and spend it. And the Republicans will take all your money and spend it, but feel bad. (laughs) Nice. You know, a lot of this is part of the problem, is that here's an opportunity to do real tax reform, real tax cuts. And what they're saying is, we can't afford to do real tax cuts, but we feel bad about it. Wow. So, yeah, back to kind of a milk toast, half-ass proposal. Uh, so you're a no vote at this point. Uh, are you going to try to push it uh, further in your direction, or uh, how high are your hopes that you can come up with something worth voting for? You know, I think my hopes are low. I believe that they have the votes on a purely partisan basis to run this through, and I'm disappointed in some of my California colleagues for not standing up for California. And uh, by the way, that doesn't mean we're happy about our very high taxes, nor New York and others. But the fact is that we are. We're obligated to do what's right for our country and our constituents, and I don't think uh, this new form where you're going to say, well, these taxes you already pay don't count, so you get to pay twice, uh, is a good way to start. And it wasn't necessary. This, this is, you know, my, my state income tax, your state income tax, or your property tax, uh, you know, these are not something you hypothetically can pay if you want to. Income tax is not discretionary. It, they take it or they take your house. So when when the state is taking money involuntarily, please don't tell me that it still counts as money I made. Uh, and that's that's our real challenge: is that effectively they need to uh, they need to make this work, but they need to make this work without being unfair one state to another. And I and I believe that uh, both the House and the Senate proposals are going to include this elimination of consideration of of the money that isn't even there. Uh, in your paycheck that they now want you to be taxed on. And I don't I don't think people should be taxed on ghost income. Congressman Darrell Issa of the 49th Congressional District of California. Uh, Congressman, good to talk to you. Keep fighting the good fight. Thanks. Will do. Bye. All right. Democrats take your money and spend it. Republicans take your money, spend it, and feel bad about it. Yeah. We got one texture who said, and most of them are pretending to feel bad about it. Right. <laughs> so, And yeah. that, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. This it, is very discouraging. It, it is. It is. Um, well, I I think Trump's guy, whatever his name is, Mulvaney, I think he's right. There's, It's not going to happen. Why don't we grow up and just quit pretending that there's any political will to take on entitlements and really cut spending? It ain't going to happen. The people have realized they can vote themselves money from the Treasury, and then and, and the republic is doomed. The only hope is that our credit is so good we can stick our kids with the bill. It's like, At least for the interest. It's like it's kind of like um, when you spend years of your life not really watching what you're eating or, or exercising, but you worry about it every day. Yeah. And you can do that for years. How about you don't worry about it and keep doing the same thing you're doing? Right. I mean, what's the worrying? What are you accomplishing with the worrying? Either You'll do be some, healthier and I, happier. I, I've thought that before. If I'm not going to do anything, what's what's all this guilt all day long? What That's not accomplishing anything. <laughs> either I do something or not. 
So Washington has gotten beyond their guilt now. They're, they've, they're at peace with themselves, stealing from children and yeah. grandchildren. Look, we're not going to do anything about this. Right. People want a buck and a half's worth of government for a dollar. Right. So let's just uh, factor that in. Boy, I found that whole thing very discouraging. I'll tell you what, though. If you are in a high-tax blue state, and I know many, many, many folks listening are, you and we, we're all about to take a big old screwing. And in a very expensive one. And I see, you know, particularly mid to high earners voting with their feet. You know, it's not going to be by the millions of people. But we get emails every single week from folks escaping the high-tax states we're in, the high-cost-of-living states we're in, and going and living wonderful lives in lower-cost-of-living places. Now, you've got to have a gig lined up if you're of working age, certainly. But it doesn't have to be near as good a job. Well, well in terms of pay. Right. right. To come out ahead. Yeah. Um, and it's a, meanwhile, all your uh, all your figures on deductions and your the price of your house and all those are all national figures. Whether you live in San Francisco or Coon Holler, Kentucky, same amounts. Yeah, that's something. I don't know what I feel about that. The whole idea of, of giving up, you know, accepting reality is generally a good idea. But then continuing to fight is generally a good idea. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, but if, if you're just pretending, then no. Yeah, but if you've got a 1 in 25 chance and you keep digging and you keep fighting, then something happens and circumstances change and you're there with your balled up fists and you're still fighting, well, then all of a sudden your chance has come. So, you know, that's always been Tom McClintock's idea from California's 4th Congressional District is that the pendulum will swing. Circumstances will change. So just keep digging. Your moment will come. He's wrong, but that's his philosophy. I've given up. Good night, everybody. I always think about the book Arguing About Slavery, which Tim the Lawyer turned me on to, which is one of the more important books I've ever read. And it's it's how the whole uh, doing away with slavery came about. And it started with years and years and years and years of people continuing to try to push just to get something voted on in a committee, even though they knew it would lose. They couldn't even get it brought up for a vote. Mm -hmm. And could have easily said at that time, look, there's just no political will in this country to do anything about slavery. So let's just admit that and forget about it. Right. But they kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and little by little, and I mean tiny increments, finally you can even get this looked at in our committee, and it gets voted down several times in a row. Then finally it gets out of committee, this tiny little committee, and gets voted down. But you just keep pushing along those lines. Mm -hmm. So there's that angle, too. I don't know. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, from the courthouse, we've got a Rand Attack update. Yes. Feeding, what is going on there? Feeding the homeless, another victim of California's Hep A outbreak, and just announced the 2017 inductees in the Toy Hall of Fame. Yes, I'm always excited. It's usually like uh, the what about stick. the ball? The stick. <laughs> Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. I need to take a look at what's in there already. Has the cardboard box made it in there yet? Because that might be my kid's all-time favorite toy. The big one? The big cardboard oh, box. Never a better toy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. to remove the national anthem or the star-spangled banner as our national anthem that's being made we can talk about that later because of the supposedly racist third verse that nobody knows Uh, but we'll talk about that later 
How about the news now with Marsha Phillips? Well, the uh, neighbor who attacked Senator Rand Paul at home in Kentucky is in court pleading not guilty at his arraignment. Dr. Boucher is charged with assault, fourth degree, domestic violence. Do you want to waive formal arraignment or formally be arraigned? Uh, waive formal arraignment. Now, Rene Boucher. What does that mean? No, oh, that means everything, Jack. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Boucher charged with fourth degree <laughs> assault. He's got to remain at least 200 feet away from Paul when both men are at home. He is a good be- running start. Well, we just look at their houses. That's yep. not going to be very hard to do. And now the county prosecutor says criminal charges may be uh, put in place because of the severity of Paul's injuries. God, right. I would hope. Plus, if it's a political hit. Because this lunatic anesthesiologist hates Trump and Republicans. Has anybody nailed down yet whether fourth degree is worse than first? It's or, lesser. The uh, yeah, third degree. It's less. Yeah, yeah. third degree is wow. less than. So it is as minor as it sounds. And most states that I saw, it stopped going after third degree. So this is like, yeah. like there's a lot of states that don't God, even have a fourth y- degree assault. You blindside some guy in his 50s out mowing his lawn? Even if you didn't hurt him this bad, it should be a bigger crime than that. Right. I mean, who the hell does that? Yeah, the Republican senator yesterday said a final medical report showed he suffered six broken ribs from the alleged assault, adding that a new X-ray is also now showing fluid around his lungs. I broke six ribs. Even if I was mostly not injured, I would think, what kind of a lunatic do I live next to? Right, sure. Yeah, I wonder what the charge the charges end up being. That seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I want to see the definition of first, second, third, and fourth degree assaults. I mean... Is it one of those where, where like first incorporates with a deadly weapon and with the right. grievous bodily bodily harm or what? I'm, I'm I'm confused by this. You broke six ribs and you injured his lung. Guy's got to be in the hospital. He can barely breathe. It might be weeks and weeks till he can live a normal life. And that's the most minor kind. I, something doesn't compute. She's my neighbor, Eric. Coppers, w- coppers, prosecutors, help us with this. Yeah. Email Armstrong and Getty at yahoo.com. Or uh, text us, 415-295-KFTC. I was just trying to picture it. So my country neighbor, Eric, on one side, he he outweighs me by like 100 pounds. So he'd kill me yeah. if he ran at me. But well, my neighbors on the other side, they're like uh, hippie uh, composters. Right. Uh, I think I'd be all right. <laughs> Could probably take them in a fair, lawn care-related fight. <laughs> right. If it ever came up. The homeless in La Jolla, California, need to find another place to get a free meal. Mary, star of the Sea Catholic Church, serves about 150 meals to homeless people every Tuesday night. The program's been abruptly canceled. Church officials saying it's due to the hepatitis A outbreak in San Diego County, which has killed 20 people. Now, homeless advocates in the county are calling the reason behind the cancellation bogus. They say it's because people who live near the church in the very affluent neighborhood have been complaining, and so the church decided to fold. So it goes back and forth and back and forth. We'll be talking to Lori Zapp, council uh, member at San Diego City Council, in a little bit. She's uh, looking at all sorts of interesting, innovative, surprising ways to deal with the the giant problem of homelessness. Yeah, and every city's trying to figure it out. Something the Armstrong and Getty Show look forward to each and every year, the inductees into the National Toy Hall of Fame. This year they are... The board game Clue. Clue! The, the Wiffle Ball. He did it in the billiard room with a lead pipe. Man, that's a cruel crime. Sneak up behind a guy who's yeah. shooting billiards and hit him with a lead pipe. <laughs> you do it to Rand Paul, you get fourth degree assault. Yeah, Professor Plum, some professor you are. <laughs> professor of pain. Along with Clue, you have the Wiffle Ball. 
Oh, man, I could make that thing dance. Oh, my goodness. And the hours I spent playing wiffle ball. And oh my God. the paper plane, the paper aeroplane. Huh? I made one for my son the other day, and he said, you think this is going to fly? I said, do you think this is going to fly? Do you know how many paper airplanes I've made in my life? Watch this. Stop yelling and at I, me, Daddy. And I threw it clear across the house. Oh! Wow. It was very impressive. Uh, the class of 2017 has taken its place alongside more than 60 previous uh, honorees, including the dollhouse, the jump rope, roller skates, the rubber duck, the cardboard box inducted in 2005. <laughs> so it was. There was justice. And the stick inducted in 2008. I've got the. I've <laughs> the got the stick. full. I've got the full list of current yeah. inductees in the uh, Toy Hall of Fame. We should go over some of them. They're they're entertaining. Excellent. Excellent. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. Who's that uh, one gal in Clue? Scarlett Johansson or whatever her name is. Uh, Miss Scarlett. Yeah. Pretty cute. Yeah. You got. I'll meet you in the library. I uh, hope you don't kill me. So who are, who are the content? You got uh, Colonel Mustard, uh-huh. right, military yeah. man. So he's probably he probably knows what he's doing. Yeah, Professor Plum, Scarlett Johansson, with a rope, a lead pipe, uh, Mister Green Jeans. Yes. <laughs> what are the other weapons? Uh, a knife, a gun, a rope. A, uh, God, that's a brutal game. Uh, vatful acid. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not one of them. Chainsaw. It's just interesting uh, that it's a, a, a candlestick, knife, rope. How are you killing somebody with a candlestick? Uh, you I guess they've their up, skull in. I guess they've updated them a little bit. Dumbbell tro- Oh, poison is now a weapon. Oh, yeah. well, mm. it's like that uh, Japanese lady we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> the lead pipe, revolver, and wrench are no longer part of the game. Oh, really? Oh, no revolver. With a wrench. God, I've got a wrench I could kill an elephant with. It's funny. The idea as a kid, I didn't think of it as being so awful. Where we're trying to play this little game in which one gentleman killed some woman with a wrench. Right? Jeez, that's horrible. This is fun, kids. <laughs> Want to play? <laughs> Good Lord. I think he caved in her skull in the kitchen. Let's find out. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Uh, I've got the full list of toys in the Hall of Fame, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. From uh, high tax states, um, we get these all the time. We we always have, but we already have a home in Montana we purchased. We'll be moving there in 2020. My husband and I. This is a different one. My husband and I were just discussing how many of our friends have moved or are planning to move, and we've been discussing it ourselves. We've never seen anything like it. Mm. Got this one. I moved from Seattle to Iowa a few years back. Didn't know anybody here. Best choice of my life I've ever made. We work with a guy, high earner, who's taking his. Three young kids to Arkansas mm-hmm. for for different cost of living and lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, and we got a bunch and, of those. And, so. and, and sanity, frankly, I don't know, you know how, as he sees it. I don't know how, but it it's it tends to be the higher ending earners, and they're taking a lot of tax revenue with them. They go, mm-hmm. and so that that could transform politics on its own. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, the hall of the toy hall of fame. <clears throat> Where is the Hoy, toy hall of fame? If I wanted to attend, I don't even know. I don't know. 
Google it. Cooperstown. Um, just the Island of Misfit Toys. Cardboard box, as we mentioned, was 2005. That's among my kids' favorite toys. Rochester, New York. Fantastic. Lovely town. I've been there. Uh, Checkers, Chess, Clue, Crayola, Crayons went in, uh, though, this year, yeah. Is a crayon a toy? Arguably. It's amusing. Dollhouse, Dominoes, Dunkin' Yo-Yo. Fits right up your nose. Try it, kids. <laughs> Dominoes. We, we played, I did a lot of stacking in the Manhattan and tipping them over. I've never actually played the game of Dominoes in oh, my life. You got to teach your kids chicken, chicken train, sometimes known as Mexican train. Of course, that's probably a racial slur. Of course, Mexican isn't a race. Never mind. Back to you. That's it's fun, a, though. That's it's fun a Domino's game. game. Yeah, you've got a central like uh, like railroad station there, and you do your dominoes outward, and you can put dom- steal dominoes from each other. It's fun. It's fun. Really fun game. Kids love it. Played three big games of uh, Uno yesterday. I mm. uh, lost all three. Sorry to hear that. Although we play with the cards facing up. Changes the strategy completely. <laughs> Seems to be. Wow, yeah. that's uh, really changes the strategy because you can see what everybody else has got. You don't have to guess. So it's merely a uh, exercise in matching, which is fine. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no. There's, 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 there's definitely strategy. Involved. Well, I've not played it like that, so yeah. I wouldn't know. It's kind of fun. And you lost all three games. And I, yeah, I lost it, all three. Impressive. Games. So perfect information. Lost <laughs> a game of strategy to a couple of five-year-old and seven-year-old. Yes. yes. Easy bake oven. A rector, a rector set. Wait a minute. The Easy Bake Oven was a scam perpetrated on the young girls and less manly boys of America for a number of decades. It's a box with a light bulb in it. That damn brownie takes an hour. Etch-a-Sketch, Frisbee, G.I. Joe. Yes. The Game of Life. Fun. Uh, yep. Hot Wheels, Hula Hoop. A lot of the classic games I like, you got to find an old version at a garage sale or something because they change them and they make them, in my opinion, significantly worse. Mm-hmm. They 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 add they add stuff that didn't need to be added. They're also flimsier and more crappily built, which sucks. The board is not as good. Yeah, hate that. Really, does everything have to get worse? You can't use the same level of cardboard thickness for your Monopoly board now. It's just practically a sheet of paper. <laughs> China. That's right. That's where they make them, Mr. President. Dirty commies. Hot Wheels hula hoop, Jack in the Box, the toy, not the restaurant. Yeah, the Jack. The, uh, there was a clever thing the first time I saw it, and then it's like, okay, I get it. You, you crank the thing, and he pops out. It's well, if you're if you're three, it's pretty amusing. Okay. Uh, Jacks. <laughs> at the end of the song, the thing jumps out at me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of trite. Uh, Let me guess. Oh, great. Let's do it again. I wonder what will happen. Jigsaw puzzle. Jump rope. These are some old-timey toys. You want instant entertainment? Whistle. Uh, Stick, ball, box. Legos. My house is, uh, you walk ankle deep in Legos in my house. Mm. Lincoln Logs, which if you buy the original ones, which are great, are pretty dang expensive at the Target. It's like 50 bucks for a thing of Lincoln Logs. Is that right? That's crazy. The real wood kind. Yeah, they pay for the copyright for Abraham Lincoln. They got the classic toy <laughs> section like at Walmart and uh, Target like like they were in the 70s. And to get the the same version, like built as sturdily and everything like that, it's really expensive. Interesting. Well, that's analogous to virtually every consumer product in America. What if they had a classic version of refrigerators oh, and yeah. washing machines and I'd the rest buy of one. it? Well, like, yeah. I, my, my kids got Tinker Toys. I loved Tinker Toys as a kid. But the modern... All plastic and really flimsy plastic Tinker Toys, you can't build anything. They're mm. useless. They played with them for like 15 minutes. I played with Tinker Toys hours as a kid, loved them, but they don't make them like that. I don't know. I, 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 
who wants this cheap crap that you throw away because you can't use it? I don't get it. They don't have the uh, the the wooden like uh, no. circle thing with no, the holes. No, it's a in cheap, it? flimsy plastic thing with another cheap, flimsy plastic thing that doesn't actually fit in the hole. Wow, yeah, wow. it's very disappointing. That's a shame. Uh, marbles, Monopoly. Uh, my kids kind of like Monopoly. Oh, you mm-hmm. jumped over the uh, the little green army men. The little green oh, army yeah. men's a good yeah, one. They're trying to militarize our children. Well, I, that, side note, that was one of my favorite costumes I saw from, there was a group of friends who went out as a group of green army men, and every mm-hmm. picture they would just strike their poses for the picture. I thought that was that, a really creative costume. That is pretty funny. My, can, my favorite uh, toy as a lad for a brief period was a container of gasoline and a match. Is that uh, in there? Wow. Oh, yeah. Playing cards? Puppet? Puppet. Oh, a puppet. I love a good puppet. I could spend a day playing with puppets. The wagon Play-Doh. My, my, my wife makes homemade Play-Doh. Made a whole bunch yesterday they were playing with. Fantastic. Uh, Nintendo Game Boy. Roller skates. Rocking horse. You see that Raggedy Ann was inducted in 2002. Raggedy Andy, 2007. Take that, patriarchy. <laughs> little equality. White glass ceiling. Uh, the Swing was inducted in 2015. The oh. Stick in 2012. <laughs> Who could argue? Who doesn't like a stick? Uh, You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.